How's it going, everyone? Joe Gagne here, welcoming you to edition 23 of Joe vs. the World. My guest today is the most popular guest in our show's short history. He's the driving force behind F4WOnline.com, the host of Figure Four Daily, co-host of Wrestling Observer Live, and the co-author of The Death of WCW. It's Mr. Brian Alvarez. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. And I, right. I have to ask you a question, actually, right off the bat right here. Sure. Is this episode 23, you said? Yes, it is. I, I, well, I often wondered this. Because uh, UFC, we're now coming up to, I think, UFC 64. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someday, is it going to be UFC 328? So I guess the question is, when do you stop keeping track of the numbers? Oh, I'll never stop. There's not there criticism are... in any way. I'm just, it's just, I'm wondering. Uh, there are comic books who've reached issue 500, so. Well, I mean, we're at issue 590, I think, of the newsletter. Sure. I don't know. That just sort of struck me strange that I was number 23. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I, uh, I have to confess I, I am no longer a member of the F4W Empire. Oh, that's a great start. <laughs> it was just, it had nothing to do with the content. It was just, um, you reach a point sometimes where you have to simplify, and uh, F4W was a casualty. And, wow. Uh, I, I miss it dearly, especially the Saturday morning Brian and Vinny shows. Well, you can always come back. That's true, I can, but um, those shows, it, it was like getting up Saturday morning for cartoons in, uh, in more ways than one, really. Wow. But So how was the website doing, uh, anyway? Well, it was doing great till <laughs> three minutes ago. <laughs> no, it's doing fine. Everything's great. There's uh, The board is, is what it is, but, you know, other than that, everything seems to be going pretty well. Oh, good. Um, I, have a, I have a general question to start off about, uh, about the newsletter. It, do you think the newsletter is kind of your mission in life? Listen, um... Let me, let me put it to you this way. Let's say uh, Rochelle from UFC showed up at your door and said, uh, she's a big fan, she's madly in love with you, and you and her can be together, but you have to quit the newsletter and move to work for a, a paper company in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Would you ditch it all, or would you say no? Like a paper is, company it... where they're actually working with pulp? Yeah, sure. Um, I'd just shut the door. Okay the answer to that question all right i figure that i don't know if i don't know if it's the the mission in life i don't i don't really like to think about things like that because if i really sat down one day and thought my mission in life is to write a wrestling newsletter god knows what might happen so but i mean as, as far as right now sure it is it is the mission in life the 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 figure four empire is my mission in life but you know i, I think that anybody that comes along and that tries to uh Shut down the mission in life. That ain't gonna work. That ain't gonna happen. I see. All right, and um, this is kind of a, just a general question about you have uh, sources in, in TNA and WWE. How did you uh, acquire them? It, it just seems so impossible. It seems impossible. Yeah, it just seems like a business that would not welcome people looking to uh, get the inside scoop, so to speak. Well, it it, it really it it depends. I mean, I will admit right here on the on the. Uh, the Joe Gagne show that that Vince McMahon is not in fact a source hmm. and uh, I don't think that he'd be giving out a lot of information but there are a lot of guys that it, it's not a big deal to them to talk about what's going on and, and I'm sure you know some of them want certain things to get out I mean concern about Kurt Angle I'm, I'm sure that there were people that wanted that information out so that people would know that hey something's going on here and, and this should probably get some sort of coverage as far as, as how, years back, 
anytime I, I found like a like an address or something like that, I just start randomly sending newsletters. And uh, you know, after after a certain amount of time, some sometimes people would contact me. Other times, I never heard from anybody, so they just slowly stopped getting the newsletters and that sort of thing. And then other people may have read something on the internet or, or found my email somewhere and, and contacted me, but it was really more people contacting me than vice versa. So I, I wasn't so much contact because I don't know. There's just something about hi, I'm calling to get some information about what the hell's going on here. That, that seems sort of odd. So I try to find other ways to open the door, such as, you know, I'll just send you the newsletter for a while, not even make really any sort of contact, just sort of make you aware of my existence. And then, you know, maybe down the road we'll, we'll have a chat or something like that. But that's, that's sort of how everything started. I see. Okay, well, last time we talked about your retirement, and you did leave over the, uh, open the possibility that you would wrestle again, and, and that did happen. You, um, someone posted asking how much money it would take for one more match between you and Vince. You gave four hundred dollars, thinking it was astronomical, and uh, people started giving till it hurt. It, 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 uh, yeah. I don't know about till it hurt. I mean, they could have given double if it wouldn't have hurt. <laughs> well. But, but they, uh, they, they put up three thousand dollars by the end, which was more than we could have ever imagined. It, it really, it was more than we ever imagined going in because we didn't even imagine four hundred. So we we did the match, and and for everybody listening that wants an update. November 1st is the goal we sort of set for getting everything, or at least starting the, the mailings and that sort of thing. Oh, here's people. And uh, that's just probably going to be the plan. It may be postponed a little bit. This is not a Dan Maloney situation for those of you concerned, because even if it took a year to get the DVD, it would still be a better DVD than what Dan Maloney sent out. But the situation is, you know, these were, these were really pre-orders, it wasn't like we had the DVD and everybody's ordering and now they're waiting for us to find it. We actually have to create the DVDs, and we have some things that we want to do that we're working on. We're going to have some uh, outtakes and bloopers. And, and I think the big thing is commentary. And uh, we tried to do commentary last night, and it went horribly awry. Uh, the, the program decided it did not want to work on my computer. So we had me, Tony, Buddy Wayne, and Vince all crammed around this desk in this tiny little room doing commentary, and 40 minutes in, the goddamn thing broke, and uh, it was all lost forever. Oh. So we're taking a week off to get some bugs out, and then this coming weekend we're going to hopefully do commentary, and then from there hopefully it will not be long before the finished product is done. So that's the update. Well, that's good. Uh, you said this match was was redemption of sorts for the the infamous hair match, which, which I've never seen, but what you was won't. so bad about that match? What was so bad about it? God, I could talk for hours about what was so bad about it. It was, I think, most of all, it was a horrible match. I think that's really, that's number one. Number two, it was a horrible match that I cared about. And and for a long time in my career, I don't want to say I didn't care, but I didn't care. Like, I, I enjoyed going, and, and I always tried to, to put on, you know, the best performance possible. Not to the level of, I wasn't going to let anyone drop me on my head or anything like that. <laughs> as far as, you know, without killing myself and without killing the other guy, without anybody getting hurt or anything like that, I always try to just do the best that I could. But I never, I never really was like, God, this is my WrestleMania, or anything like that. Nothing absurd. And this hair match... I didn't think it was my WrestleMania, but I really wanted this one to be great because 
Vince was losing his hair, for crying out loud. He had long hair, and he was going to get shaved. And I thought, you know, this could at least be good. I invited all my friends. All my family showed up. I mean, there were more people that I knew at this match than any other match I ever did. So I wanted it to be a good one. And everything, everything you could possibly imagine that could go wrong went wrong, except somebody getting killed. Uh, that's really the only <laughs> thing that didn't happen in that match that could have. But everything else, there were there were missed spots. I did a few dives. He dropped me. Um, just, it just it was it was just horrible. Everything about it was horrible, and it haunted me. And it really that was the beginning of the end, as I've said many times. And it haunted me really for probably three years or whatever. And and this match really was redemption because it was the polar opposite in that everything everything that could have gone wrong magically didn't. It, 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 the whole thing from beginning to end could probably not have gone, and except for the commentary deal I just talked about, but from beginning to end to the match, nothing could have really gone better. And that's that. I see. Um, Maybe me. I was kind of expecting, I guess, more comedy. In maybe the match? With, yeah, maybe spots with Buddy and whatnot. Because you two are, I, I guess I just think of you as a, a wacky comedy duo now, and then you... Well, a, a fairly serious battle in the ring. The thing was, everybody came up with ideas and spots and plans and, and this sort of thing. And and one of the one of the reasons that the hair match went so awry was because we had much of it planned. We had an idea. We had this 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 crazy idea for this match, and and we didn't have it memorized spot by spot. But we had a lot of ideas that we attempted to incorporate. That's one of the reasons it went so wrong. So this match was like. We had nothing. About ten minutes before the match, we finally decided what the finish was going to be. And and prior to that, nothing. And, and we had no spots planned, and I thought, okay, if we design a comedy spot involving Buddy, something's going to go wrong. And, and not, not because of Buddy, because of me or because of Vince or because of the two of us together. I thought anything that we design, something's going to go wrong. So my whole deal was we're not designing anything. Anything funny that happens is just something that happened that spur the moment, but no planning because that's what killed the other match. I see. I hope you don't go all Austin Aries on me here, but uh, how did you decide Vince would win the the match? I don't think I I, um, I I don't know. I mean, we were sitting we were sitting for a long time, um, not really thinking about it, but but, but Buddy was there, and, and and I pretty much said, Buddy, you're in charge. Because I, I didn't want to, you know. And so he would just keep going, well, what do you guys want to do? And we'd say, well, what do you want to do? And much of the, it was much of the afternoon like this. And then finally, like 10 minutes before, we finally decided, we need to do this match in 10 minutes. We should probably decide right now. And I, I, I sort of was the heel, at least much of the board. We did a poll, and, and I was considered the non-favorite, I guess is the best way to put it. And... We, we we sort of decided, okay, if we're going to do another match, I should probably win. If we're not doing another match, then he definitely has to win. And we decided we weren't doing another, at least not the two of us, so Vinny was going over, and that was pretty much it. Oh, all right. I, I thought he may have pulled a power play or something. <laughs> the only power play was Vince <laughs> bitching about money. Ah, uh, well... All right, and uh, the final spot, the hip toss into the pool, was great. Uh, are we going to see, if there was a rematch, would it be a, a pool of leeches rematch to build off that? God, if we did a rematch, it'd probably be arm wrestling or something like that, because we'll mention this in the commentary, but Vinny's all-access Vinny, where he sat around and drank, 
and didn't work out. And that's, or he worked out for, I believe he said 22 minutes at the gym, which clearly included his cardio. But, I mean, when we did that match, he was so blown up. He was so out of shape. And, uh, I don't know. I'm not ready to try that one again. I mean, this was like, you get lucky and you just don't tempt fate. <laughs> I ain't tempting fate with Vince again. All right, well, and you know, I think someone's recommended this, but if Jakara Pro runs another 32-man tag tournament, you should start a fund to send you and Vince there, like to pay, to pay for airfare. I would, I would donate ten dollars to that. Really? Yes, I would. Oh, well, we'll think about that one. I, I don't Aren't, know what uh, the wacky gimmick would be. Just Chico just, and the Man, Chico and the Fat <laughs> Man, or go. something. Yes. See how easy it is. Chico and the Woman. Oh well. But yes. Well. On to uh, wrestling news. I'll ask you uh, a question. Are we ever going to be free of Vince Russo? God, I... He, he's like a... It, it's an infestation. He's sort of... You think he's gone and he returns. He's he's really like a... Like a, a horror movie monster. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I don't want to say he, he'll have to die. Because it's a horrible thing to say. But he probably will have to die before... Because one of the things that I that I've learned about the wrestling business is... Even though everybody knows something didn't work, and even though everybody knows something was horrible, they still, for decades afterwards, try to make it work and 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 try and involve individuals involved with things that were horrible. It's like if you if you ask anybody, what do you think of Vince Russo's booking? They'll go, oh God, it was horrible. And of course, there there's some exceptions, but the general consensus is it was horrible. Yet you'll always see indie promoters and even even people at the WWE promoters and or bookers and, and TNA, you'll always be seeing them do something that's got the uh, some some Russo, what's the word? Some sort of Russo Russo-rific. How's that for the <laughs> word? And and same with um, it, but people will deny it and still do it. And I think that forever, I mean, you'll always hear people going, "Oh God, Vince was the worst booker ever," but he keeps getting hired. And it's not like he ever redeems himself when he gets hired. Mm. It's not like somebody hires him and it's like, oh, God, it really worked this time. It's a failure every single time, and they keep bringing him back. And I don't know why. I have no, I have no explanation for it, just that it happens. And, and I think some of it is, is people like, like Dixie Carter that just don't know any better. They, they see his resume. I was responsible for Austin 316, and, and the whole boom period is because of Vince Russo. And I just getting snowed by it. Wow. Do you think uh, Kurt Angle is going to make any kind of uh, palpable difference in TNA? He hasn't so far. Well, he hasn't shown up yet, to be fair. I know they drew another point eight uh, this past week. But, but once he shows up, he's wrestling on pay-per-view. Do you think it's going to change anything at all? I think it'll change. It, it, it'll, it'll make some change initially in pay-per-view buy rates. I don't, I don't know how long that's going to last. Um. Kurt Angle was was never a gigantic draw in WWE. He was he was a draw in in the right situations. The all of the hype and everything like that bumped the first quarter of that one TNA show up to like a one one or something like that, and then it fell off the cliff from there. Show did an 0.8 this past week. They did an 0.8. His first appearance is Monday. I would guess the whole show will do a one. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know anything more. I don't think it's going to be much higher than that. I think they may. They may for his first match. 
I think first, I think Bound for Glory because it's the big pay per view may do forty thousand, mm-hmm. maybe fifty thousand, but I'd say probably forty thousand. I think that Angle's first match, if it's Angle versus Christian, maybe fifty thousand, but probably forty thousand again. And then after he's wrestled on on pay per view a few times, probably dropping down to the thirty thousand again. Hmm. I could that... be totally wrong. I'm just looking at how everything has gone for TNA thus far. Yeah. Um, is Kurt going to do MMA in addition to TNA? Has there been any any update on that? Well, it won't be UFC. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of different startup groups. Strike Force. There's a uh, Bodog. Although I don't know how long that's going to last with the gambling model. There's a uh, World Fighter. If there's anything to World Fighter, I would not be surprised if he did a fight for them because they're they're supposedly offering a lot of money, and they at least have some money now because they signed Frank Shamrock to a very big deal. So, you know, they're, they're talking about tournament winners making uh, $2 million, and Shamrock claimed for his first fight he's going to be making way more than $2 million. Hmm. So if a place like World Fighter, and I think that's Kurt's deal, is, is it is... I don't know if non-exclusive is the best word, but he can do outside sort of deals like indie dates, which they kind of have put the XNA on now, but I think after he's wrestling for a while, he'll be able to do those. But he can do indie dates and, and probably MMA. And, you know, if an MMA group offers him $2 million bucks to do a fight, I'd be shocked if he didn't take that fight. Uh, it's funny because that Sunday when they announced him at the pay-per-view, the, the day before I had watched the Heroes of World Class DVD, so I was very down on wrestling for for a while. But uh, I watched some Lucha and I felt better about wrestling. That usually does. This wasn't. I have to talk about this this Lucha match uh, I saw. A man named Robert on the Death Valley Driver board sent me this. It was from AULL, which is a small fed in Mexico with TV. It was a trios match. It was the, the Ninja Turtles versus the Mutant Turtles. And I'll, I'll elaborate here. There were three men in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle costumes. Always a good one in 2006. Sure. And there were three men in, in black mutant turtle costumes, one of whom was very, very fat, and, uh, and they did lucha. They did uh, all lucha spots, and it was it was great. And I love wrestling again. Did they have the shells on and everything? They had shells on their backs, yeah. How'd they get pinned with the shells? Uh, I think I think they gave up, maybe. That would make sense. They submitted. Sure. But... Yeah, this I, I've come to the conclusion that stuff that works in in or stuff that wouldn't work in America or Japan would completely work in Lucha. I guess Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles still still working makes sense because they're turtles. They've got the longevity to them. They could <laughs> yeah. still be doing the gimmick in a hundred years. I would not be surprised if we saw that. Maybe these same men doing the same gimmick in a hundred years. Could be. But um, I also watched a match between um, Halloween and a man named Thunderbird. It was it was already great because Halloween was wearing his great pumpkin outfit. But I mean, this this uh, this book. Please tell me the Thunderbird was in a complete feathered Thunderbird costume. No, he was just a, a man in a in a mask. Oh, that a sucks. It was, but but this match, it was this made TNA Russo booking look uh, sedate in comparison because uh, a million men ran in. They were they kicked out of everything three times and they took all these stupid bumps. But it was so great. And if this match was in TNA with uh, two other guys, you know, I probably would have crapped on it. So. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't completely figured it out yet, but there is an art to the spot fest, and and I can say no more than that because, like I said, I haven't figured it out. But I have seen, I have seen many spot fests that are just horrible, 
and I have seen the occasional spot fest that totally works. And I'm, I'm, the only thing I can think is that a spot fest with a bunch of great workers and understand the, the intricacies of what you do in between high spots, I think that can make a high spot match great. And guys just going high spot to high spot to high spot connecting the dots is not great. But that's the closest I've gotten to a uh, theory. Hmm. All right. I mean, how is uh, Kenzo Suzuki doing in uh, in CMLL? I have not seen any of him, but he's he's. Um, I almost said he's hideous, but I'm going to be fair. He's pretty bad. <laughs> the I've seen a few matches where I, I've enjoyed watching him because he is wacky. He he's a gigantic Japanese man who doesn't mind being goofy. And that works in Mexico. Now, and as far as his in-ring, he, he's still is still pretty bad. But I, I'd much rather watch him in CMLL than WWE. Wow. Yeah, even Kenzo Suzuki can find his place in uh, in wrestling. He really can. Him and... Uh, well, actually, I don't know about Mark Jindrak. But, uh, <laughs> I, I'd still rather watch him in CMLL and WWE because it's only uh, 10 minutes every few weeks. There you go. Of course, we had some some sad news from Mexico this week with the passing of Antonio Pena, and you can actually see pictures of his funeral online somewhere, which was kind the of cover of uh, Lucha's 2000 magazine has yeah. his uh, from the funeral. And that that picture of La Parca standing over his uh, I guess it was a fake one, but standing over his casket and just just weird. I mean, you can say what you want about him, but you really can't argue with success, and and he was really a, a Pretty huge success. He was a uh, he's he's very reminiscent of Vince McMahon, mm. and this whole situation is. I, I mentioned this on I think uh, one of the shows you didn't listen to, Joe, but uh, I think that we can when we follow what happens now that Antonio Pena has passed away. I think we're going to get a pretty good idea of what might happen in WWE or in America when Vince McMahon passes away. Now, it's a little bit different because in Mexico you do have uh, two gigantic promotions, whereas in America we really only have one. TNA, I don't think you can call it the big number two. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a distant number four, and there's no two and three. But I think that – actually, there is a two and three, SmackDown and ECW. But I think with AAA, you had a guy that was a little bit crazy, and he had his demons, but he was the guy – Everything about AAA was Antonio Pena. He was involved in every single aspect of it. And he has died. And it is being left to likely Conan, who is sort of kind of like an, an adopted son in, in a strange sort of way, who would be playing the Triple H role, a, a man not really a family member, but sort of, of close to the family and, and has, a, has a good mind for wrestling but has not necessarily ever proven himself um, as a guy in charge. Conan started a few promotions that, that didn't exactly, uh, they did not have staying power. Mm-hmm. And, and the other person that it will be left in the hands with is, uh, in hands of is Pena's nephew, who probably would be similar to the Stephanie McMahon role. And I compared Stephanie to this guy, and, and uh, I believe, uh, Rodan is his last name. I don't think it's Daniel. I can't remember his first name. But the point is, he's 20. And Stephanie's 30. And you could argue that Stephanie really has not progressed much since she was 20 because she's very close-minded. 
she she has the the idea that she's learned it all. She's not open to new ideas. This that this that and the other thing. So, in some ways, it, it's very similar because when Vince dies, it will be left in the hands of of Hunter and Steph. So whatever happens really with Triple A under Conan and the nephew may end up being very similar to what would happen to WWE under Hunter and Steph. So I'm very intrigued as to where this will all go. I mean, there's a lot we don't know, but do you have any? I mean, do you have any ideas where it could happen? Is AAA in a lot of trouble? Will things go, you know... We, we, I mean, there's, there's really no way to know. There's a, I believe there's a press conference tomorrow where they will probably announce what the hell's going on. And Still there? Yep, still there. Sorry about that. Uh, I think they've got four or five shows that Pena booked. So they've still got his vision for the, for the very short term. After that, no idea. I just get a sense there's going to be a lot of vultures uh, kind of grabbing for power in AAA. And maybe I'm wrong, and maybe things will be fine. Well, I mean, there's a belief that a lot of guys at CMLL will get to pick whoever they want, um, which actually would be a really bad thing, because one of the things about AAA was one of their strengths is just they've got characters that are over. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, most of them were created by Pena from scratch. And... You know, if they without Pena, they'll still have these characters, and it's not like it's not like the booking was was episodic TV or anything like that. It was very disorganized. So, if you've got a booker that has somewhat of a clue and you can maintain a lot of the stars, you know, for for the short term, everything's going to be fine. Now, now Pena, one of his strengths was he was constantly creating new stars. And I don't know if Conan and and, uh, and the nephew will have the magic touch, but we'll see. <laughs> I was someone posted kind of a, a, a litany of, of gimmicks uh, Antonio Pena had come up with on the it was uh, awesome. Boards. It was insane. It's it's like um, Acapulco beach bums, mafioso, evil monks, uh, zombies. Uh, specters, Granda, dancing skeletons. I mean, I don't. <laughs> it, it was Jose Fernandez. And if anybody can can find that, it's on our board for those of you that are uh, subscribers, <clears throat> Joe. And uh, anybody that can find that, um, that seriously is like one of the best pieces of writing I've seen all year. And people are going to call me crazy, but I read that and I was just like, this is beautiful. This is so great. And I will get it in the newsletter. I am determined. It was so awesome. There was uh, no more fitting eulogy I could think of. Really, there wasn't. I mean, I, I just read that. I, I was like, I can't top this. Yeah. What if what if uh, let's just say AAA totally collapses? Uh, do you think that would well, what effect would that have on Mexico as far as would it be like when WCW went under and it kind of it hurt the whole business? There's a long history of 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 wrestling wars that when they're over the business collapses. And I don't know if we're going to see a war here or anything of that nature, but if AAA just totally went under and you were left with just CMLL, I don't know. I don't really, um, I don't have an answer to that. I, I guess we shall see. They, they were both doing, it wasn't like, I don't know. It was, it was a strange sort of, sort of war that they had. A lot of guys, a lot of guys jumping back and forth, but almost so many jumps that it was almost, I don't want to say meaningless. Like Shocker returned, and it was a, it was a pretty big deal. But sometimes you just read like Zumbido has jumped Triple A, <laughs> yeah. and it would just be buried this little news this little news bit. And without Triple A, you know, 
I, I would be surprised if if the business completely uh, completely collapsed just because they did just have their 73rd anniversary show CMLL, mm-hmm. and you know I, I can't imagine it's one of those things like WCW. Everyone was like WCW will never go to business. I can't. I I will die. I suppose before CMLL goes out of business. I just have this feeling that's a promotion that'll be around forever. Mm. Oh, it was reported today. I think Zimbito jumped back to CMLL today. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, dead, dead serious. I saw that post today. So <laughs> what a shocker! There you go. All right. Well, I want to close up with uh, two quick predictions. Uh, what do you think the rating's going to be for the Shamrock Ortiz uh, Ultimate Fight Night? God, I haven't even thought about it. I'd say um, my initial thought was four four, but I think that's probably a little bit high. Mm. I say uh, two six. Okay. And uh, other thing, how about the opening weekend for the Marine next weekend? It's only in 2,400 theaters, and it's going to fall from there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. See, I don't know what it's opening up against. I don't know any of that sort of stuff. Um, I guess I'd be surprised if it opened number one. I don't think Kane's movie opened number one. No. I think I, I would have recalled that. I, I would be... It's got a it's got a bigger opening. I think Kane's movie opened in like twelve hundred or something like that. So it's going to be in twice as many uh, or tw- on twice as many screens. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I don't know. I, I predict it'll open third, mm-hmm. and and probably fall rapidly from there. Yeah, I, I haven't read a lot of reviews of it yet, but WWE stuff typically there, there's that huge rush at the very beginning because all the loyal fans go out and and uh, and see everything, and then just sort of plunges from there. So. I mean, if, if it's a good movie and it's got good word of mouth, it may have two good weeks. But I, this one's going to be really hard for them to make any money off of. Yeah. Are you going to see the Marine? I will see the Marine before I will see See No Evil. So uh, I, I probably won't see it the first weekend because uh, I'm actually wrestling Friday against Buddy Wayne. Oh. Yes. Uh, one of my final matches. One of my mini. It's a retirement <laughs> tour over the next uh, decade. But and then Saturday's UFC. So probably. Marines out of the question, but oh. at some point I'm sure I'll see it. I'll be there because um, I, I, I talked about this on previous shows. But I turned the corner on John Cena when I was at SummerSlam, and the poor guy got booed out of the building in his hometown. He's he, he it's hard. You can't hate John Cena. No, I mean you can't. It's, it's impossible. So but put me with the women and children. I'll be in the uh, I'll be in the chain gang. So I will I will see this mostly to get a, a radio show out of it. I, I want you to wear a chain around your neck, Joe, <laughs> to the event that. with a lock on it. I will. Maybe I'll do that. And, and I want pictures on our board, which means you have to sign up again. <laughs> I'm trying to talk Justin Shapiro into going so we can do a Men on Film uh, radio show next weekend. But, that actually would be entertaining. That would actually involve him seeing the Marines, so he may be a little hesitant. But uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. So uh, I know you uh, want to do about a half hour. We have done a little over that. So I want to thank you for being on. It's a joy as always. Well, thank you for having me on. Hopefully uh, this is another highly rated episode of Joe vs. the World. I think so. And uh, I encourage everyone to go to F4WOnline.com and sign up, even though t- right at this current moment I have not signed up. I'm sure I will in the very near future. But everyone should. More content than you could possibly handle. So that's why, In fact, everybody, that's why Joe quit. There was just yeah. too much stuff to handle. He had to take a few days to uh, to to stay to underwhelm himself. So yes, that's my theory. Oh, well, again, I want to thank you for being on. We'll definitely get you on again at some point. Maybe maybe well, show fifty. Th- uh, hey, that would be good. The and before I go, room. I want you to say one more thing for me, Joe. Sure. Just tell me again how my show had more listens than Vinny's. 
your show uh, smashed the uh, amount of Vince for a while was our top show, but you uh, you decimated his record in um, a few hours actually. That's that's all I needed to hear. Everything's right. cool now. That's good to know. So I encourage everyone to go to JoeVersusTheWorld.com. We have a full archive of shows, including Brian's previous appearance and uh, also Vince's previous appearance, which I, I do recommend, if only for a show about retiring. He talked but, about uh, retiring. His uh, yeah, his um. His uh, retirement, where he, he had a bad match, so he gave up. <laughs> That's I remember that story. That is that is worth a listen, everybody. Yes. So, uh, any final words, Brian? Just thank you, and I invite everyone to check out F4WOnline.com. We are going to have an audio update in a few hours after this uh, shitty pay-per-view today, so what more can you ask for? F4WOnline.com. Okay, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll talk to you soon.